Welcome to the Kinjas Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the f we want. Welcome back to the Kinjas Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. I'm your host, Ben. I am formerly known as Charlie. Oh, sorry, Charles, now known as Charlie. And you got my spell. Sick, 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 sick. Uh, very excited for today's guest. Very excited, very excited. Uh, let's do the proper intro. Founder of Cabo Modern. Ow, ow. <laughs> president of Culture Shock LA. Uh, Kinjas. Hey. And an occupational therapy doctor. What is that? <laughs> what is that doctor? What does that mean? And just all around amazing human being. So happy to be here, you guys. So. You are hey. in our first ever video setup of the podcast. We're still trying yeah. to figure out how to make this thing better. <laughs> and we're Tell graduating. Us if you like it. Tell us if you like it. Yeah, we're at the so now you guys can see we're in the Kinjas Dojo. Pardon our um, you know, there's a lot going on back here. But you know, we do our best to kinda Dress it up and make it look nice. It is definitely but, uh, a spaceship back there. Yeah. But Arnell, man, we're so uh, stoked to have you today. Um, let's just go back into time, man. Let's go back to where life began, where'd you grow up, um, all of that. Uh, well, I grew up in Harbor City, so I'm from the South Bay here in L.A., and um, I was actually born the same year that hip hop was created. Whoa! Whoa. So and what year was that? Nineteen seventy three. You were born hip hop. I was born the year that hip hop was created. Yeah. yeah. So all of my childhood was actually, you know, watching uh, jams and battles um, in the parks um, on my school playground. Um, you know, I would sneak into jams I wasn't supposed to and battles I wasn't supposed to be at, you know, all throughout uh, elementary school. Um, and all my older cousins, same, you know, they were um, doing it as well. So that was my childhood. That's where I grew up in. And um, later on, you know, we can talk about it later, but that changed and evolved. So as, as the culture changed, uh, so did my connection to it. Um, but that's where I grew up, and um, so I, my where I kind of was for most of my younger life was Harbor City, Carson, Cerritos, and Long Beach, uh, and all of those cities are major dance cities. So it's no surprise that part of my uh, destiny was dance. Yeah, pretty yeah. sick. Very cool. Very cool. So uh, dance was that something that you just kind of picked up uh, because of friends, family, MTV? Like, what was the inspiration? What was the starting point? Um, well, I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> I was like, I was actually growing up pre-cable, so, um, dance was just a part of my actual upbringing live, so I didn't watch dance on TV at all, um, so it was just something that I saw in my neighborhoods, um, I, though, I was a really shy, awkward kid, um, growing up, I didn't really believe in myself, um, so I really looked up to others, and... So I was really a fan of the ciphers from the outside looking in. I always kind of share that. Um, that's kind of how I felt. And then in my room or in the garage, that's when I would get down. Um, I would literally roll out linoleum for myself in the garage. And I would create like a little dance space for myself in my room. And I only danced for myself back then, you know, and I would try to make combinations <laughs> and stuff um, yeah. based on what I looked up to, you know. Um, 
And then it wasn't until um, junior high and high school, that's kind of when cable came out and MTV came out and it was all about the music videos. And so although my initial uh, fandom was related to like poppers, lockers, b-boys and b-girls, um, now we're getting to the 80s and 90s and these music videos and there is now something kind of a, a dichotomy. I mean, there was like old school and new school. Sure. And when I felt, finally felt confident enough to dance in public was the advent of this whole new school movement of party dancing, 80s, mm-hmm. 90s. Um, and uh, the battles that used to be, you know, at the jams and ciphers were now at house parties, <laughs> you know. And um, I would roll up to Long Beach parties, Cerritos parties, wherever the dopest crews were, and I would get my crew ready and the battles happen in the garages to live DJs and you just wait till a track came on and then you throw down, you yeah. know, once you prepared <laughs> and then another crew from another city will probably come up on you. And there were no trophies. It was all just bra- like bragging rights. Whoever got the crowd hype the most, um, that was your prize, you know? So I'm a product of old school and new school culture. Yeah. Um, and that's why, you know, when we talk about, we'll probably talk about Cabo Modern later. Um, that was the fusion of both mentalities yeah. was the structure of Cabo modern style, how I um, kind of built the family. And, sure. um, it was based on the fact that I'm a product of both movements. Yeah. Whoa. So within that time period, like, I mean, you said you mentioned you had your crew, there were other crews around. How did you guys know to like where to congregate and like, where to, I mean, like there was no texting I would imagine yeah. at this point. So like, how did you guys all know like, things were going down? That's what it was kind of the beauty of the, of that era, um, which is kind of lost a little bit now, you know, um, we literally would print out colored flyers and you would go out to places where you knew people congregated and yeah. pass them out. You know what I mean? And it wasn't until beepers came out. Whoa, <laughs> um, beepers. Then you would have like, yeah. if you were like, you know, in, you know, in the in group, you would yeah. get the, you know, the beep, the text, right. you know, um, and you would get that, like the, the info, the deets of, on where the party was at. <laughs> it was, and it like, was it like a, a phone number to call or was it like an all in pager code? It would be like a party Saturday night address. Whoa. And then you would be like, okay. And, or they would say funky junction getting down, be there. And then, you know, <laughs> like in the address and you, um, so like if you were on the, in the inn, like you would be. You know, you'd get to go to these parties. If you're so not, cool. you better know somebody. <laughs> but then that's why these parties are like super hype. Yeah. Because everyone that wanted to be there was there. Um, and we did, and when we think about history as well, um, you know, hip hop was created because uh, we needed an alternative to gangs. You know, so they created the four elements of hip hop. So, you know, if you love music, you could do turntablism crew. If you love using your your voice, you could join an MCing crew. If you like. Um, visual arts, you know, you could join a graffiti art crew, and if you like dance, you could join a b-girl or b-boy crew. Um, but when you take the validity and power of that away, then the kids go back to where you know what they were used to before, or what the resources give them. That's gang. So it's kind of a crazy time because during the era of popping, locking, breaking, whacking, vogue, all of that. People had houses or crews to belong to. And when you take that away, then you're either in a dance group, you know, it's not a crew anymore, or you're in a gang. So when we went to these parties, like they they were also kind of secret because 
you didn't want the word to get out because then you could get shot. The party would get shot down from the outside of the garage going wow. in. And yeah. that happened at times, you know, wow. where a gang would find out, oh, that party's happening, and then they'll wait till the most hype hour, and then they shoot it up. What? Um, so it's, um, it was kind of a crazy time, because the whole 80s and 90s is half hype and party and awesome, and the other half is straight out of Compton, the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Gangster yeah. rap, all of that, because, you know, music reflects the culture. So it was a, a very unique... <laughs> Uh, crazy time, um, but it also made you value the party more because if your party lasted to one o'clock safely, you know, yeah. <laughs> with nothing happening, that's like that's it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. You got away with it. The cops didn't come. You know, the gangs didn't find about it and shoot it up. And you know, and hopefully, if your crew wrapped and they they won, that's like glory for you know two weeks. You know, yeah, until the next party. That's awesome. <laughs> So you obviously kind of went the positive route and not the gang route. Yeah. I think I witnessed it too because, you know, my older cousins um, avoided gangs, you know, through their popping crew and I idolized them. I mean, they didn't allow me to, they said I wasn't cool enough to be a part of their crew because I was younger. I was a scrub, you know, um, but I saw it happen to them. Once they took that out, they joined car racing crews and some of them went back to gangs and I saw what happened to them and I, I had to make a choice that I thought was best for myself and my family. So I chose, you know, joining a dance group. <laughs> so, That's awesome. Yeah. So at that time, um, there was no real uh, community other than these parties then, right? Yeah. Yeah, there was uh, Yeah, definitely no stage, no events, no yeah. competitions. That definitely didn't... If you wanted to dance in high school... Uh, you had to go outside of school to join one of these groups, or you would join song leading for the girls who join song. Sure. If you wanted to dance, kind of, you know, it's a little bit more dancey than cheerleading, you know. <laughs> um, but there was really nothing at school at all organized yeah. at school. It was all after school. And in fact, if the school would find out that we were doing something, they would probably break it up. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about the beginnings of the dance community then. So, like, how did mm -hmm. that, like, how did that kind of form? Well, when I was a freshman at UCI, um, I really, uh, I first of all, when I was in a dance group in high school, it was only four of us, but the camaraderie and teamwork of that group was what I wanted my whole life, you know. And um, but I was the choreographer, you know, and I never actually. I mean, there were there's only four of us, but two of them were like super popular, and they were the good looking ones, and they were. I always blocked them in the front, and then <laughs> you know what I, mean? I, I was comfortable being in the back. I just wanted to create, and sure. I, was just a, I was so grateful to be a part of, you know. Um, and then when I went to UCI, um, I joined Cababayan, you know, the Filipino club, mm -hmm. immediately because I also grew up doing cultural dances, uh, not by choice. My parents actually said I had to do it, you know? It's like every um, Filipino. Right? <laughs> um, my aunt was actually one of the head choreographers for a really renowned uh, dance company called Kaimananunlahi. And so she said, all of my nephews and nieces will learn, you know? So she <laughs> formed like a dance company of all our cousins and we grew up doing it. So the crazy thing is when I went to UCI, I joined Kababayan right away, mainly because I wanted to do the Filipino culture night. Whoa. And, um, and so... When I was starting to go to rehearsals, you know, in fall, I was like, wait, is this Filipino culture night or is this really like Filipino-American culture night? Yeah. And I was asking the directors and said, oh, this is Filipino-American because we're Filipino-American. So that's why we have a skit and we do commercials. And I was like, 
Well, Filipinos have been dominant in the battle scene, in the freestyle scene, in the party dance scene since I can remember, you know. Um, even though we're not on television anywhere, you know, like we're very big part of this culture. Um, I think we should have like a more modern section, you know, in addition to all the traditional dances. And um, I was naive because I was a freshman and he was like mocking me and saying, like, hey, I think you should do that then. Make hold auditions, put flyers all over campus, you know, and then just like, you know, we'll make a whole suite just for you. Yeah. I was like, oh, dude, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I went home and made my color-coded like fly flyers, you know. I was like, I should do some bright colors for some girls. And I should do some like like lower tones for some guys, you know. And I put it all over Aldridge Park, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and then I also put it all on every dorm. Yeah. Um, on Mesa Corden. I mean, I just hustled because I was super excited. Yeah. Um, this is a UC Irvine, right? This is a UCI. Yeah. And then I held auditions and I had a hella girls audition and only one homie from my dorm <laughs> guy auditioned. One smart guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? He and I, I used time. to, um, we used to freestyle on my dorm balcony and um, we would, like, you just leave, like, post-it notes on my door dance session, you know, after class. And then we just meet and we'd like have a like, ghetto blaster yeah. out there. And I, we'd just freestyling and make routines and stuff. And then a bunch of girls we didn't know from the dorm below us were watching us and we didn't know that they were, they were probably making fun of us a little bit. Um, <laughs> but those are the girls who actually ended up auditioning for Cabo Modern and got all their girls to audition nice. and ended up being the main choreographers for Cabo Modern the first year um so i actually had to i knew one of the girls in cabo modern um that this one guy that lived in a household of guys that were good dancers was like crushing on this girl so i said hey you know if you audition you can be on this team with caroline you know <laughs> and nice. he was like okay i said but you can, i'm only gonna let you in it if all your roommates are in <laughs> so Got that him. ended up being the first there were seven guys and seven girls and um and it was too late you know the president kind of got pissed it was like what the what the hell you know like I, what are you doing i said well you told me you know yeah. so sometimes i think like the best things happen just from good intentions you know sure. i had a good intention it was kind of by accident that i i misread something but um yeah i think it was meant to be you know wait and, a second um, so he was being sarcastic and yeah. you, you took it to heart you created Cabo Modern, essentially. Uh -huh. And that's where the term modern came from. Yeah, because then they were like, I was like, yeah, what's her suite going to be? What's our dance suite going to be called? And he said, uh, well, you guys are kind of the more modern section, so we're just going to call you Cabo Bayan Modern Dance Suite. And I was like, dance a long name, you know? <laughs> and then I, we just were like known that. And then so, so the Cabo Bayans were like, dude, that's so fucking long, you know? <laughs> so I'm just going to call you Cabo Modern, you know? And then after the first year when we uh, performed, um, first of all, it's incorrect. We are not doing, we're not modern dancers. You right. know what I mean? It's yeah. super incorrect, but it was too late. That was our name, you know, Cabo Modern. <laughs> and the crazy thing is that after the first year, it, it, it kind of like opened people's minds and every other Filipino club nearby started having their modern. So there's Samahang Modern, Pac Modern, Barcada Modern. I was like, oh shit, what is this modern business? <laughs> 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 it's like the, whatever the Filipino club's name is, there was a modern after and it was at the PCN. So it, it became a circuit where you're like, people started going to these PCNs to see what their moderns are going to bring, you know? 
Um, and it was kind of cool because in the first year when we performed, they didn't know we were going to be anything. They thought we might actually ruin the show. So they put us kind of hidden in the first half middle. But it went over so well that every year after, we were usually like closing the first half or at the very end so people would stay for the whole show. You know? um, so it was an honor and such a privilege. And, um, and then um, I kind of publicly said, hey, guys, you know, I, I don't think we should be calling our groups modern. You know, it's like I really encourage other groups to start branching out and just, you know, find a name that matches your group. And that's how um, Team Millennia was formed yeah. because they had a group that wanted to form as well. They called themselves Culture to begin with. That Whoa. was their original name. And um, Danny Batamana, Danny and I have different backgrounds. So I come from a community background and he comes from a, a cheerleading drill team, like competition background. Yeah. So it was brilliant because his, his uh, team was very like perfect formations, very theatric, you know, yeah. costumes were like, you know, really you're creative. Um, but we felt competitive vibes from them. So what ended up happening is like, we would get invited to perform at these car shows. And every time we show up there, we're like, Oh, that's cool. They're here too. You know? <laughs> and then it became a rivalry where like, yeah. and promoters were like, we can make like, dude, the Cabo Modern girls and the culture girls are hot. Like we need to like book them. Let's start like creating like car show competitions. And we're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we would go to these car show competitions, but then we would be competing against like wet t-shirt model groups. And like, right? <laughs> I don't know, man. They they seem like they'd be <laughs> tough to beat. Legit. Seems pretty legit. <laughs> <Seems> <laughs> legit. And also the um, the the what should I call it? The judges were like usually promoters, you know. Um, and then we'd also get invited to like now club promoters were like, oh, we should do that at our clubs too. So. Um, it was fun performing at these events, but the, the state, there was never a big enough stage. It was never judged by like judges that we really thought, you know, were credible judges. And we didn't have space to even really fully show our artistry because our team started growing. I mean, our first year was 14, but then the next year was like 20. And the year after, every year the team started getting bigger, you know. So I was complaining to my roommate and name's Joseph Leasing. I was like, I'm tired of performing at these small spaces, you know, with that where we're not even treated with respect. We're kind of getting almost, you know, taken advantage of, you know. Um, I think it's time for the community to do something about it, you know. And he was like, I need a fundraiser. And that's the birth of Vibe. Whoa. Was from, hey. yeah, from Holy a conversation Holy. in my room with the lights closed. <laughs> <Just talking. laughs> and then he, and he's a man of action. So he literally put it together. He said, Hey, you know, just realistically, there's not enough dance groups in the community right now to do a full show. So I'm going to make half of it fraternity battles. You know, fraternity sororities can enter their dance teams from all across, you know, Southern California. And then, um, whatever dance community, you know, um, groups are, there'll be two competitions in one. So that's the way it was. And it was actually at the Artani theater. In, um, oh, shoot. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it was we were kinda, just there. Yeah, <laughs> that's where Culture Shock also came. I saw Culture Shock for the first time because they did. They were the only exhibition team at the time. Because uh, Culture Shock started actually a year after Cabo Modern did. They started in 1993. Uh, so they were like the first exhibition company, and Cabo Modern was you know the first, I guess, collegiate Southern California. Um, but I also want to note that I was really inspired by Northern California groups. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of groups in 92, 93 that started up. Um, Jedi Clan was my favorite. You know, they were 
freaking dope. I idolize them. You know, there's dope freestylers. You know, uh, you know, obviously like uh, Randy was from Mind Tricks too, yeah. and and then there was other groups like Housing Authority, and you know, there's so many um, in the Bay Area that they were more confident with freestyle though. Like then Southern California, we're very good at you know dance routines sure. and um, you know teamwork, but the Bay Area had that freestyle groove that was just so ill. So I was, when I created Cabo Modern, I specifically was looking for Bay Area people that moved here. Oh, dope. And uh, I would begin my recruiting, like studying it a year ahead. So I would find out who is the senior in, in high school. Just like this recruiting, like <laughs> way back then. So yeah. And I would like ask, you know, hey, are they like positive people? Do they want to be part of a group or more a solo? Yeah. That's how I got Jade, you know, Shannon Kwan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she used to um, run, uh, like hang out with the Jedi clan a lot. So she, you know, people from the Bay Area that would move down, I'd find them right away during Welcome Week. And um, I'd ask them to be a part of our family or to audition, you know. But I, I, I literally actively like worked with my team to cultivate a family. I didn't just wait for them to go across the door. I actually went out and said, hey, come hang out with us or, you know, come to our kickback, you know. It's yeah. the, you know I think, and then when I'm there, I'd be like, hey, I think you'd be a perfect fit for our family. That's crazy. It's essentially like all these teams kind of were birthed out of like colleges, right? Yes. In the beginning, it started with all the Filipino group, um, yeah. organizations. Then it quickly expanded to actually Vietnamese and Chinese. Um but I think once we started having competitions, then it started because spreading into non-college communities, you know, yeah. um, and also Bay Area was starting to come down, you know, because I was like, I, you know, because I'm a fan of the those groups that they're like Chain Reaction sure. too. I was like, dude, we need to get them here. If you want to see a real show, you oh, need yeah. to get them here. We're definitely going to try to get them here. Yes, yeah. yes. Get C Chin here too. Uh, you know, there's so many Chain Reaction. Yeah. Why never matter. That's crazy because I feel like, yeah, you mentioned that the birth of all this stuff was before the internet. There's no social mm -hmm. media. There's no yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Um, so all this stuff, like the word of mouth was really the way that things kind of spread. Like, yeah. Because yeah. I, when I first entered the scene, it was right around 2000, 2001. It was right around uh -huh. the time I met you. Yeah. And then I was introduced to the whole world of culture <laughs> shocks to, uh -huh. uh, yeah. And I remember seeing Chain Reaction for the first time right around uh, in 2002. Yeah. And I was just like, man, like, where are all these crews coming from? Like, mm -hmm. And I didn't know what, at the time, I didn't know, like, oh, this is the dance community. I'm like, whatever yeah. this thing is, I yeah. want to be a part of it. And it, it was literally because a friend of mine had told me that, hey, you should go watch this show right. that Culture Shock is putting on. Buster so, Groove? Yeah. Yeah. So Buster Groove, man. Buster Groove. The very first Buster Groove was a response to the fact that um, Culture Shock wanted to do something, you know, um, and Anna was actually, you know, one of the directors at the time. Yeah. And we also wanted, it, the community was just getting a little bit too competitive because all we offered the dancers were competitions. So we wanted a, an event that also had exhibition acts and featured that as an option for people to aspire to, you know, yeah. including Culture Shock, of course. Um, but, but Buster Groove, the very first one, two facts, that was the first time that we had Chain Reaction and Mind Trick and Mind Over Matter come down. Yeah. Yep. Because um, before that, I was like, 
this culture that I fucking, I mean, I idolize. <laughs> I got, like, I'm saying, whenever I got passionate, I started cussing, you know? Yeah. Um, but this, uh, yeah, this uh, this whole community, I, I was just so in awe because um, I had my Cabo Modern team there and I wasn't directing. That was when Lee J was directing. Wow. Lee J directed the, the Cabo Modern Lee team. J, Lee J is a part of Kinjo's. Yeah. Um, and I was, I already loved what he was doing because he really brought back locking, breaking, Popping mixed up with jazz and you know what I mean he was really a believer of all these art forms of pretty, putting it together in a very cohesive way and um, and I was like this is going to be the first time that my tricks is going to see Cabo Modern in person and we're they're going to see Chain Reaction in person um, this is going to be the beginning of um, Bay Area and you know, Southern California finally connecting so it was a really pivotal moment um and it was in the old Culture Shock Academy. You were there too? Yeah. Yeah, I was actually sitting in the very, second to the very last row because I got there late because mm -hmm. we got into uh, a, a minor better better. And, uh, but I was standing on my chair just screaming, you know, for all the teams. <laughs> yeah. And um, that was also, you know, Cabo Modern won that competition. Yeah. And I just remember running from the back to the front to find Lee J and being like, oh my God, dude, yes, you know. Well, just to give some more context to this, uh, Mind Tricks, Mind Over Matter, and Chain Reaction, those were like the top three of yeah. the area dance. Like, yeah. if you wanted to be on a team, everybody was like watching them. Mm -hmm. so, and it changed the game because you had all these, like Southern California, like super clean and like formations, and then they saw uh, <laughs> Mind Tricks with just, you know, Gary Kendall in the middle just freestyling for a second. And I was like, oh, dang, what is that? Um, another, like, really interesting fact, too, is um, they underestimated the power of, like, 30-plus people, like, on this <laughs> yeah. And the stage started breaking. Oh, Whoa. Um, and I was, that was probably, this is definitely one of the proudest moments of Cabo Modern I ever had is because Cabo Modern actually, like, stepped up out of the audience and held the stage together physically Whoa. what yeah for all the teams to finish like what they just the? pushed the, the stage together and held it and anna went up you guys don't have to do that I'm like no we're good and they held it and then they won you know so i was like that's great we want to see everyone else at their best so we can take the w from yeah. that needs to be a movie i feel like that's, that's a movie that that's so, like, i'm telling you come yeah. on five yeah. let's come through let's <laughs> We'll call it. Let's make it the first dance show. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's really good, Charlie. I'll keep thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. No, that's really good. Wow. So, like, um, yeah, I, just being a part of something from the very beginnings of it, like that, to seeing it grow over the years. I mean, so pretty much the early two thousands to like present day. And then, like, come, like, ABDC on MTV yeah. in, like, 2008, right? Yeah. So how did you, like, look at um, even a show like MTV's ABDC America's Best Dance Crew and what that did for the community and vice versa? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, um, the crazy thing is when, uh, because the, the main producers were obviously Howard and Karen Schwartz, yeah. you know, and they approached me when they created um, Hip Hop International. They actually contacted myself, Anna, uh, Elm at the time and um, picked our brains on like, what is this community like? How can we serve the community the best? Um, so when they had the show, they uh, they called me in again just to ask me, you know, like, hey, you know, what crews would you recommend and all this? And when I found out about what the show was going to be, because it was already pitched and, you know, um, 
formed without Randy Jackson's name. But once I found out Randy Jackson was like signed on to the project, and he that's a big because it gives credibility because of um, American Idol. And I found out they signed Mario Lopez. I was mm-hmm. like, oh dang, I need to get on the phone <laughs> right now. Yeah. And I literally called Jabawakis, you know, and mm-hmm. I said, hey, you know, like all for all our community, you know, for the past you know decade, like no, we had no visibility on on um, television at all. You know what I mean? I, I don't think I I didn't grow up seeing a single Asian face on TV, you know, besides maybe Nia Peoples and Fame, she's like half, you know? Yeah. And like, I didn't see a single guy for sure. And I said, this is our chance for us to actually expose the world to a community that's been already thriving and growing for so many years. And I said, okay, come on, Jabba or Kava, one of us is going to make it on the show, you know, just one of us, please. Yeah. And, um, when we both made it on, I was like, oh, damn, yeah. this is our chance. Let's take it, you know? Uh, in my mind, I always thought for sure Jabba was going to win because Jabba's like my peers. So, like, they're the experts at their craft already, and they, and longevity-wise, they deserve it, you know? Um, but, yeah, when Cabo Modern kept progressing, I was like, oh, my God, this would be epic if the top two, you know, were going to rap at, you know, for this first inaugural season, Yeah. You know? But, you know, television as is, is as it is. And that's exactly <laughs> what happened. Kava versus Jabberwockies, ABDC season one. You know, I actually saw an episode of that, and I just started dancing, and I was at my friend's house, and I was like, I bet you one day I'm going to make it on that show. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's because of that show. It's because yeah. of that show, really, that inspired a lot of people to really push themselves to become like amazing dancers are the best dancers that they can be. So mm-hmm. I think that's a very, very cool historic little pinpoint. Yeah. Told everybody. Yeah. We just wanted to, um, to expand the face of hip hop, to be very, to be inclusive of Asian Americans also, you know what I mean? Like, um, to really give kids an idea out there, kids, adults, anyone who, you know, like loves dance, you know, that it's possible, you know, and we're deserving of other, to be known as other things than martial artists or other, you know, stereotypical um, images on media. Uh, it's up to us. And so even when we were on the show, you know, you get asked interesting questions, sure. like, like colorful questions. Yeah. Say, right? um, Quote, colorful questions. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we, we have a responsibility, you know, to represent, we're represent, you're not only representing your crew, you're representing every community that, you know, supported you to get where you're at. So um, I'm very, very proud of how Jabawakis and Kabamata represented themselves and also what they did after the show to kind of um, use their visibility to connect with other dancers around the world and, um, and create more, you know, start building things, you know? Yeah. So, um, was it, you know, the best show in its structure and delivery, you know? Yes. What it did for us, I'll always be grateful for, you know? And I think I'm grateful for that era of time, it criticism and, yeah. You know, and not, you know, we had some criticism, of course, you know, for being on the show. I, I loved it because, I mean, yeah, being a part of that season yeah, and it, yeah. it being just literally them figuring it out as they yes. went along. And nothing yeah. was really planned because it was such a unique show format yeah. to begin with. And I think that's why it was such a huge hit. Yeah, because absolutely. Um, I don't think... Um, like, I guess like general mass media has ever seen like dance crew, mm-hmm. urban dance crews in a competitive format. And right. then like seeing such a 
diverse range of styles as well. Yes. And yeah. then at the forefront of it being like these Asian kids like, <laughs> killing it, right? And yeah. so I think, I mean, like you were mentioning from the dance community started like in these Filipino clubs, Asian clubs at, at these colleges. So when you were to go to community shows, you just only see a bunch of Asians and like that's kind of normal. And then we bring a taste of that to the mass media. And then now the world is exposed to like this, in their minds, this new thing while Asians can dance, but like that's right. been going on all along, right? Explosion. Yes. I was yeah. I'm definitely super grateful, you know, to, you know, Howard and Karen and everyone on the show that gave us the opportunity. Because it definitely took the um, the exposure from, you know, our Southern, or, or I could just say California, because actually Northern and Southern were now connected, you know, at that time already. Um, but it, it, it brought us the visibility to the, like a global scale. Yeah. And it was such a blessing and honor for um, people, like on the, even on the other side of the country to be like, Cabo, I know Cabo Modern, you know? I was like, dang, that's like seriously humbles my heart, you know, sure. to, to know that we can now, you know, reach other geographic, you know, areas. Um, but it was interesting at that time too, because I also got some weird backlash too, you know? Like, um, you know, Cabo Modern was born from the Filipino club, but we weren't um, all Filipino. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was yeah. anyone who was a part of the, the club is inclusive, so... Uh, so I got criticism why, like, none of my members were Filipino. You know what I mean? That makes sense. That was pretty interesting. And then I also got some weird um, – I, I, I read a lot of articles who were like, oh, now Asians can dance. You know, it's a new thing. And I'm like, no, not now. Like, we've been dancing since the beginning, you know, of this whole culture. So that was just interesting to, to know, like, wow, this is – how we use our voice right now when we have the visibility is extremely important. And I'm grateful that, like, you know, Mike and, and, you know, and Cindy and, you know, all of them really thought about that jaw. You know, they really thought about whenever they're speaking, you know, like, they represent something bigger. Yeah. You as well, you know, you and the Javas, you know. So um, it was a really interesting time, um, but really, like, pivotal time, you know, oh. too. <laughs> so with that, like, from uh, the mass media exposure through, like, these dance shows and, uh do you feel like that was um, like a benefit to the overall community that like these things kind of came from? I think the show gave us exposure we needed, um, but it's kind it's similar to when in the eighties and nineties when all the dope crews like Rocksteady Crew and New York City Breakers had their visibility. It's really what you do with the visibility that makes the biggest difference. So. Um, I think if we were just on the show and we didn't use our voice after at appearances and, you know, like we didn't have like this YouTube presence after, mm -hmm. um, then it would have been for nothing because there were obviously so many other seasons afterwards, you know, but it's really when we did have the exposure, you know, like, you know, Mike and John, them, they work hard to still put out dope artistry, even maybe doper than the show, you know what I mean? Because they're like, now all eyes are on us, and we have a responsibility to, you know, Cabo Modern and, and our community to, like, we need to keep pushing, you know what I mean? And we need to be positive role models. So, where and they were trying, and there was a new thing of, like, dance groups now um, being flown out to other parts of the world to teach or perform, like that, we were not used to that, yeah. and even, like, agents weren't used to you know representing like whole groups like that so it was even a new thing like i think now we need a manager because 
but what, where do we get them? <laughs> like, yeah. who are they? Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. And then, like, we had to learn it as we go. Oh, we need booking templates. We need a riot performance writer. You need a road manager and a booking manager. I mean, these are things that were like, dang, we need to create again. Just like we created these our events for ourselves. Um, you know, we create this community for ourselves. Like, we also now need to create these systems um, to protect our. So we were again learning as we go along. You know, making some amazing strides but also making some mistakes along the way to kind yeah. of learn from so it was an exciting time but it was also like dang pressure's on you know we need to learn quick you know sure. on our feet you know so. yeah i think that that time period from like 2008 um to like 2010 was like so much new stuff was happening so quickly yeah because youtube was at still at the time pretty new yes right? yeah. and um like twitter was a new thing uh -huh. like social media like just really started to become a thing and then with the show like ABDC and the exposure that it opened up through like, you know, the, the network and everything. And then those episodes now living on these like other platforms, yeah. like being posted up on YouTube and stuff. Yeah. So that's how like the global like visibility became possible because of yeah. the social media plus TV plus, you know, yeah, YouTube and all that. And then like, yeah, yeah like you said, like dance acts were getting booked for like main stage shows right like yeah. you would never really see that i never heard of anything like that before no. you know and so yeah. it, it i feel like it really created a new avenue for dance industry mm -hmm. because before that it was like you know booking a tour dancing behind an artist maybe exactly. hopping in a movie or a tv show commercial at, at mm -hmm. most yeah and then now it's like there's this whole other avenue for dance industry yeah and it was like because of a show and then the exposure that all just kind of happened all at once yeah it was it was a wild ride for sure yeah um what was like your biggest dream as like as a dancer uh creator choreographer uh community builder like did you have any uh like firm plans with that or was it you just kind of went with it and things happened and you figured it out i think initially we were just surprised by it because there were two bursts so right when we got off the show we got some bookings like nationally but the show didn't get like people didn't get access to it on the other side of the world till like a year later almost okay. yeah. so it was weird how we were like really busy like going to all these colleges we went to hawaii like a zillion times because you know, the, the hawaiian community like really like identified with Cabo modern you know i think because of the whole family aspect i, I believe um but then, like, the next year, we're like, you know, Australia wants it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. so it was, I felt like the first two years were just like, dang, we need to learn, learning curves quick and we need to go, you know? And then after that, um, each group had kind of a vision for what they wanted to do. Um, for Cabo Modern, we were just kind of riding the wave, you know? I, I know Java opened their show in Vegas, mm -hmm. which, like, completely, again, changed what was possible for our community. Um, for us, we were just keep, we kept riding the wave and then realizing later that individually you know our members had different dreams you know that that need to be pursued um so we kind of just rode the wave you know but I, I i think in my mind i was like what we all learned from this something is going to be possible later um, it might not be Cabo modern but there's going to be something that this is time the season and in my opinion i think it was kid just i think all the seeds that were planted in all of us, the ideas we had sure. were being planted. Um, and then the right people with the right intentions were going to find alignment. I, 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 my belief is that the product of that. Yeah. 
I just got chills. I just got chills. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my god. Because <laughs> we had we had ideas. We had integrity. Yeah. We had work ethic. We had talent. Um, but I think individually, we were just learning at that time, absorbing. You know what I mean? And then it was just conversations upon conversations and relationships built over years. And then this synergy happened, I'm sure. <laughs> um, what are some things um, within the dance community um, that you like? Uh, and uh, what are some that you don't? Yeah. I mean, you've been so, you've been yeah. such a vital part of it, like from the growth of it mm -hmm. to just the ongoing growth of it. Um, yeah. What are some of the things that you like, and what would you? I just feel like when, like I was sharing earlier, like we, my generation looked at what was missing and we just fucking created it. You know, we would find like-minded people, uh, pull our research together and create it. And I think there was a time, maybe 10 years back where I was just like, another fucking competition. Like, <laughs> we don't need that. Like, you know what I mean? We already have a lot, you know? Um, and I, that's what I don't like. I don't like the creation of things that are just already existent. I want this generation. I feel like we have so many hybrids now, like like people like Logan, you know, uh -huh. who I feel do everything. are there. She's a product and a connector between communities. I mean, I feel like our community needs new events. Like that's why I was proud of Arena Dance Experience. So like, I think we're always trying to push to create something that serves the global community. You know. Um, including our own direct community um that's what i want like we have just so many amazing talents so many young leaders i want them to start thinking about what they feel is needed you know what i mean and start creating again not just in artistry but in events you know what i mean and and, and uh yeah just like that like a keone and mari are another example you know like they felt like they wanted to put their interests together and create their first dance book and now they're going to yeah. have their next live show, you know what I mean? They're always thinking outside the box about what's needed, you know? Um, I even like what like the company does up north with Urban Paradise. That's freaking innovative and we need that down here where it's just a showcase, yeah. you know what I mean? Like we don't need, we have a lot of competitions and I'm appreciative that they're here, mm -hmm. but we need new events. We need why does it have to be also large team events all the time like we why can't we have small group why can't we have events where choreographers are competing against each other you know why can't we have like a talent show yeah kind of you know what i mean something just different and evolved and new and presented a different way you know what i mean like um that's what i i hope for yeah by this generation and i i personally i'm investing and in mentoring a couple of young um, leaders who I see 10 years from now are going to be the leaders. Um, and I also see my brothers mentoring them as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The chosen ones. I Who are they? <laughs> <laughs> Who are they? Well, I think Logan is definitely one of them. Yes. Um, yes. Geo. That's a, a Beagle <laughs> logistics for all of them. Yes. There's a, a young um, guy named Geo? Geo. I think I know. Yeah, I'm kind of taking him under my wing. He's dope. I think yeah. he's dope. I think Lex Ishimoto is another one. Yes. I love his humility and I love that, you know, he started with us in Kaba Kids yeah. and then became this brilliant, like, tap dancer, ballet dancer. And he, I think with his attitude, I could see him doing crazy things to unite unique communities. Um, who else do I see out there? Um, 
Yeah, there's just a lot. You know, there's a yeah. lot of young um, artists out there that I think have the right um, heart and talent and um, drive to, to the, and uh, work ethic and also a great support of mentors. You know, yeah. To do it. How did you go from being um, like dancer to uh, doctor? <laughs> well, that's the interesting thing is I yeah. think, I mean, we are so fortunate that now it's different. You know, I think with the visibility of things on YouTube and these dance shows and um, people teaching all over the world, you know what I mean? Um, the dance, the path of a dancer is there are many choices, you know, and parents and it's becoming more visible to parents. But uh, when I was growing up, I was still of the era where, um, you know, it is in our culture as Filipinos, you know, when you think about even going way back, you know, each region had cultural dances that represented your town. So that's like representing your crew, right? Right. Or your communities. That's already in our system to sing, dance, or play an instrument. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but we were, that was not considered a viable way of living. You know what I mean? So, um, and in my mom's side, um, they were all health professionals. So um, being the mama, mama's boy that I am, you know, I wanted to make my mom proud. And I kind of just had an early, early interest to be you know, a health professional. Uh, so I was on the path of being a doctor when I was at UCI. I was pre-med. Um, I was a bio major. But I love the psych classes. and I love my sociology classes. So um, so I did both at the same time. I, I was my bio major and doing Cabo Modern. Um, but because I'm a late bloomer, and like, like I said, you know, I was kind of bullied and teased for being different when I was little. And I didn't really believe in myself until you know, high school, you know, um, I kind of ended up majoring in Cabo Modern, you know what I mean? Like freshman year, I had almost straight A's and then it went south sophomore year, <laughs> year you know? And, um, so I, but that was good. Like I, I don't have any regrets. I did struggle. Um, but, um, but I needed that character building, you know what I mean? And that, that sense of self, you know, just, building within, you know, as a leader. And um, I needed those skills to just succeed in life in general. So even though my grades were plummeting, like as a person, I felt like I was growing into a much more confident, brave person, you know? Um, Cause my first year of Cabo Modern, I was scared, you know I mean? Every rehearsal, I was terrified every single one. You know? mm -hmm. So I would prepare, I would have a schedule all like written out because mm -hmm. I'm a freshman directing the most popular juniors and seniors out there, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they were the cool kids again, and here I am, like a scrub freshman, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, but every year, you know, I was like, I got this, you know? Yeah. I even, uh, I actually was Cabo Modern director for two years, and the third year I actually uh, stepped down and auditioned because I was like, um, I need to know that I deserve to be in Cabo Modern myself. Yeah. So I actually stepped down from leadership and audition. That was the scariest thing in my life because now I was like director for two years and if I didn't make it the third year, I was like, I'll <laughs> shambles. <laughs> um, but I made it. So the third year I was just a member and I got to experience like, oh, this is what it's like being a member and having directors. And that year was tough. So I actually <laughs> went back to leadership. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take this thing back. Hey, you guys yeah. aren't doing it the way I want to. So. <laughs> well, that says a lot, you know, to be a director for two years and then just find yourself in the position to want to audition again, just to yeah. prove that you can own, own this position. I feel like that's something that not a lot of people could do. So props Thanks, to you, bro. Thanks, man. Thanks, man.
Thank you. How did you, or how has dance uh, been able to help you in um, occupational therapy? So yeah, so I, this is what I have come to learn is that I don't think any of us are meant to do one thing in life. I think we are the sum of many brilliant things, you know, like even the most successful surgeon, like probably has, is a marathon runner or likes to, as a foodie, you know what I mean? Like we're the men, we're a combination of different passions. And I think when we stay true to exactly who we are, we can be the, the most brilliant combination of that authentic self. And so um, I knew a part of me was going to be a doctor. I love working with patients. I just, I went on a medical mission um, to the Philippines one year and I did surgery. So I did cataract surgeries, tumor resections, delivered babies. Wow. And I realized what? I could do it, but I didn't love it. I love being in the recovery room the next day, seeing how they're doing, you know, take, giving them the care that they needed to move on past the procedures. Everything else seemed like I'm doing something like an anatomy, you know what I mean? And I realized like my brilliance, I want to be a health professional, but my brilliance is with people, you know? So I just started like, like I did with, with dance, with dance, I went to every jam. I went to like wherever I could find dance. I just experimented and then I found my path. So with health professional, I started volunteering at every department and did local hospitals until I freaking landed on it, you know, and I landed on physical therapy first, you know, cause I was like, that's it. You know, I want to be, I want to help people rehab and walk again and whatever. Um, but then it started being too exercise programming, you know, and then I was like, Oh, it's procedural again. I don't, freaking love this you know and I bumped into occupational therapy because it's actually the framework of occupational therapy is a combination of biology psychology and sociology and remember I mentioned earlier I love psychology and sociology I was like this is it you know <laughs> and I had a mentor um this girl named Amy Chin, uh, um, Amy, uh Chin, who she was a code she was a um, OT assistant but she's so freaking creative because she was an artist before she became an uh, OT assistant I was like, that's me. That's what I want to be, you know? And I went, I applied to, I had terrible grades. Okay. So I graduated from UCI, just graduated. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Made it out. Not well. And <laughs> I, I actually, I'll just be real. I had a 2.45 GPA. You know what I mean? Hey, I had that in high school. Yeah, I still made it, you know? I had a 2.545 GPA graduating from UCI and I wanted to go to USC because that was the top program in the country for occupational therapy. So I said, hey, you know what? Um, what are my chances? I went to the thing. They said, you need to get straight A's and everything else, all your prereqs, and you need to kill it on theories. So I did. I, I decided to take all my, those classes that were prereqs over at junior colleges, and I just aced them all because I, I loved it. You know, I loved those Sick. subjects. And then I, I actually got in like – I wrote a, I basically wrote a personal statement and I used my journey of dance as my personal statement. I said, it, just like dance, you know, when I found out who I was, that's when I succeeded in the occupational therapy. I didn't succeed with my grades because I didn't find this path. But if you look at all my grades, since I knew I wanted to be an occupational therapy, that's reflective of my true ability and who I am. And if you give me a chance, you know, I'll represent this, this um, school to the best like I can as a professional and I'll, I'll get back one day. So they got me in. I got in on conditional acceptance and they said, if you get one B your first semester, you're out. 
Whoa. And I said, fuck you, I'm going to get all straight A's. And I did. <laughs> so, and then I ended up uh, graduating there. And then after that, I was offered to be um, in the first graduating class. They launched the doctorate program exactly when I graduated um, my master's program. And they said, hey, we want this first class to be diverse and we want you to be a part of this class. I said, okay, I'll do it if you pay for half my tuition. And they said, I'll, we'll let you do it if you do your you know, doctorate project on my research. And I said, I'll do it if you uh, let me do it with research, but you let me do it at Children's Hospital LA where I, I want to work. Whoa. And um, I got it. I got have paid for. I, I got it at Children's Hospital, which was my first job. But my first year in as an occupational therapist, I was in my doctorate's program, working full time, and a part, and I launched uh, KM Legacy that year. Whoa. So that was the hardest year of my entire life. What year was this? This was 2002, 2003. Whoa. Yeah, 2002. So that was the hardest year of my life because uh, the doctorate program was really difficult. I was a new therapist. You, you doubt yourself as a new therapist. And again, I was a leader of Cabo Modern, but of all the leaders because Cabo Modern Legacy the first year was only all directors for the past uh, 10 years. Yeah. So, but it was good. I got through it and I actually became a better person through that process. It's incredible, man. It's wild. Wild. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, do you feel like dance is going to be a part of your life forever in some shape or form? Like, what does that look like even if you're not necessarily performing yourself? But, like, what is dance to you for life? Dance is a part of my life. It's a part of who I am. It will, I will always be a dancer, you know, whether I perform or, or teach or whatever can support. Um, it will always be. It's, it's in my soul. It's a part of who I am. Um, but I think our how we how we um, live our happiest life is when we are connected to our unique contribution to this world, and that changes over time because our skill sets turn change as we gain more wisdom, as we meet new people, as we start becoming aligned with people. I feel like as I get older, my circle is getting smaller and smaller, you know, because it it's pretty wide. You know, you over know the years, um, but I'm cutting back every year. You know what I mean? I'm becoming more intentional with how I spend my time and I'm paying attention more. Like I'm not going to teach a choreogra choreography workshop that I feel like everybody, uh, so many people around me can teach. That's why I only teach roots before branches and I teach leadership tools for the dance leader because um, I will always be a part of the community. You know, I will always have dance in my life, but how that looks will change as I evolve as a person and I gain more skills to offer to the world. Um, but that's why, you know, like even with Cabo Modern, you know, like, you know, um, we, after we celebrate our 25th anniversary, I'm handing it over to new leaders to, you know, advise them and mentor them and Culture Shock LA. I just, I just completed my, um, I just stepped down from my uh, role as president of Culture Shock LA. Whoa. Um, yeah, because I created a term limit in the bylaws, and I already hit ten years. Because I've been a, um, I've been a part of Culture Shock LA for twenty years, and I've been a leader for Culture Shock LA for fifteen, and so it's time for me to again, you know, relinquish that chapter of my life in terms of a, a role, um, so that I can contribute in other ways that I think you know um, is my next calling. Um, I think Kinjas is my perfect place to be right now because 
the culture is um, very encouraging of new ideas and it's composed of like some of the best human beings, you know, yeah. that I know. Um, Thanks, just, just happen to be fucking dope dancers and creatives. <laughs> Um, I just trust everybody on our on our squad, and we're also surrounded by kin even outside the squad. Immediately, that I also have equal admiration for, yeah. um, and I have ideas. You know what I mean uh, for some of my next things. Awesome. Um, so we'll see. Well, speaking of which, Kinjas, like, what is Kinjas to you, and like, what is your vision, and what's a bit like wish for Kinjas for us as a whole, for Arnell as a Kinja. Uh, Kinjas is the embodiment of me being in the circle now. I'm not in the outside of the circle anymore. I am a part of, this is my squad, you know what I mean? This is my, um, the power of Kinjas is the kin, you know? And that resonates with me because that's, again, what I've always wanted my whole life, you know what I mean? Um, I wanted it my whole life and I want that for everyone I care about, you know what I mean? I think everyone deserves to be included in something special, you know, in whatever they love. And so it's, it's, uh, when I think about Kinjas, uh, I mean, despite, I mean, even in addition to all of the dope, you know, fun experiences, it's the kinship and what I think we can do with our kinship. That is why I'm here and why I'm always going to be here. Um, and all these friendships too, you know, like some of them are, I've, you know, some of you guys I've known since like, since you guys were like really, really young, you know, like these are friendships that are decades long, you know, and yeah. um, and the new ones are just like deep, new but deep, you know what I mean? We, we have deep talks and we, we want to see each other succeed. So Kinjas is, um, Kinjas is what's new and it's also what feels true, you know, um, feels authentic. I mean, the hype is real, you know, within for each other, right? We, we're each other's greatest fans, I think. We are, man. Because <laughs> we're all brothers. We get snaps and you know props all the time. Yeah, yeah. And I think when you have that matched with you know talent, intention, uh, work ethic, heart, you know what I mean? Like sky is the fucking limit. You know? Yep. Um, but like arena is one of like I you know it's the arena dance experience. It's not just the competition or the jam alone or the camp alone. It's the combination of all that. Yeah. That's like makes me excited that we're now we're focused on experiences for these, the communities we serve and for ourselves, you know what I mean? So um, I'm excited for what that is now and what it will be in years to come, you know? And um, I'm excited for like all the branches like this, you know, where we're connecting people from like all around the world in different ways. Um, now in audio form. Yeah, I mean, different I love that. <laughs> in video form. And video form. Um, even the gaming, what John Haw's doing with the gaming, yeah, I mean, yeah. we're just so, the fact that we're connectors, that's like, makes me so freaking proud because that's what I've always believed in from the very beginning, you know, yep. you know it's connection, connecting people. So even my video, <laughs> you know, like, that's my tip, you know, I did connect because that's where my mind is at like right now. So, um, I see myself doing projects, you know, like you know, certain things, like launching things. That's where I see myself in, in, in the coming years, um, finding new ways to serve and also ways to grow into a better version of myself through these projects, so. Yeah, I love what you're doing with Ruth Before Branches too. Yeah. Because I think that's a very unique, um, just a uh, class format. It's not mm -hmm. just your, your average dance class with a bunch of eight, eight counts. Um, I love how you get into the history of the culture and the dance and like where each 
dance originated and who are the founders and the originators mm-hmm. of these dances. And you do a really good job of educating um, yeah, everybody in that class. And when I first took it, it was something that uh, it completely was out of my expectation. Like, it blew my mind. I was like, wow, this is Thank really you, good. It's Thank really you. well done. So I would love for that to keep growing, Thank that you. to keep pushing. Yeah. And it's really good to see. Um, what would you give uh, in terms of advice to, um, let's say, like the, the young generation, like the Logans, to the Geos, to these up-and-coming kids who are amazingly talented, have so much at their fingertips, um, and you having like been in the game for as long as you have and seen tons of things happen from the beginning and change and grow, what kind of advice would you give to this younger generation? That's a really good question. Um... I think first of all, I would say um, just know that life is the combination of making things happen and letting things happen. So uh, there are things that you um, you need to take action initiative and, and bring the right people together to make happen. But there's also, um, a, there's also a grace in having faith that things are going to come together and some things are out of your control and you need to trust in the process and trust in the journey. So I always say it's both, you know. It's making things happen and also allowing things to happen as well. Um, the push and pull of both. Um, I, another thing that I think um, everyone needs a mentor. You know, we're not meant to know everything at every stage of our life. And you can do things well on your own, but when you have a mentor or you're with a group, you know, that's encouraging, you can get there faster and better. You know, so. Um, that's why that's the that's one of the biggest pieces of advice I've given. Oh, another person I think is crucial is Araya. She's also my little Fakaba kids. She's dope too. Yeah. Little the baby walkie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. But all of them, right? Yeah. I um, what they all have in common is they all have mentors and they're all humble and uh, and they all want to. They're I can see that they're going to be lifelong learners. So that's another thing is no matter what age you are, you know what I mean? Like be a life, be committed to being a lifelong learner because the minute you do your growth and um, like your betterment is limit, limitless because you're always going to be open to learning from so many things. I mean, we can learn if we're present and we're like um, connected to who we are and who we want to be, we will always grow. You know what I mean? So the problem is sometimes we're so busy, like as task um completers that we don't we miss the whole process so i say you know i mean like make sure you know you're present and and um you're a lifelong learner because once you commit to that then that's you're in in proactive and receptive zone so that is why we call yoda (laughs) yoda in action packed into that right there so um, I think it's lightning round. Ooh, lightning time. round. Oh, shoot. It's lightning lightning round. round. It's when we ask you questions in a rapid succession and you <laughs> answer. answer as honestly as you and want as to be. quickly as you can. <laughs> okay. So, no second thought, just off the top. I, of the I always do this one. I'll make it easy. Uh, what's your favorite movie? Uh, Top Gun. Star Wars. Oh. <laughs> Top Gun Star Wars. <laughs> I love that edition. That's good. Uh, if you had one million dollars right now, what would you do with it in a whole sum? Because we gave you this million and you have to use this million very soon. So let's say within the hour. A million. Um, 
I would create a shelter and like serve the homeless in Long Beach. Whoa. Like I would want it directly yeah. to go to the homeless. Like, and I, I, I would want it to be something that's self-sustaining, not just a meal. Wow. Supplies, wow. clothes, something. <laughs> that's favorite, great. favorite up and coming rising star dancer right now? Logan. Ooh. Ooh. No second thought. <laughs> uh, if you were to switch your whole dance career and it's in your soul to uh, emceeing or rapping and you were responsible for getting, giving yourself a nickname because you're fantastic, uh, what would that rap name be? MC name. Yoda man. Yoda man. That's good. That's good. Uh, favorite <laughs> food. So whack, but go for it. It's not that bad. Food. Oh shit. Uh, pasta. Pasta. Beautiful. Favorite book. Oh, uh, Tuesdays with Maury. Tuesdays with Maury. I'll link to that in the show notes for you. Nice, Mike. (laughs) Um, if you can see anyone as a successor to your roots before Branch's class, who would that person be, and why? I think Little G actually, um, uh, surprisingly. I mean, actually a lot of people like Daniel Nicholas is someone that's been helping me too. I think he could do it. Um, but Little G actually has a passion for it and he uh, and he can do most of the styles in my that I cover in that class. He's just doing like every style. <laughs> yeah, and he, he just has, uh, when he assisted me for Arena Dance Camp, oh, sorry, this is supposed to be lighting up. Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> I feel like that was the last question. Okay, yeah. He assisted me, and he just and he texted me and said that's one of the best experiences of his life. And I was like, and that means part of your destiny, part of your future will be an educator. You know what I mean? Because out of all the classes he took, he said that's one of his best experiences. That means that beyond a dancer, he'll probably be an educator one day. Wow. That was okay. great. Dance craze that should stop or never come back. <laughs> Floss. I don't like it. <laughs> okay, well, what's your favorite dance uh, dance craze? Oh, my favorite. Um, geez, I actually like a lot of the party dances right now. Hmm. I'm gonna say all the party dances right now, besides the floss. Like, what's your <laughs> most favorite party dance of all time? Oh, favorite party dance of all time. Hmm. I think it's one of the 80s and 90s I say the running man and all its variations you do so much with it yeah (laughs) the real running man the real the original well he said all all types of it so that is no not the new ones I hate the new ones then that's why I I should not have been doing that that's the worst dance of all time (laughs) the creation of the running man that had no rhythm and it was like that was not the running man it yeah. was it was not a like variation that. either, everybody. Yeah, we're removing that from variation. Oh, that was this thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was like a jump rope. Yeah, yeah. it should have been a jump <laughs> Yeah, that was the running gun. <laughs> Definitely not. I don't know. Are we, are we lightning down? Um, I'm lightning down. We have some, some pretty good answers. Yeah, there's some good ones there. Um, cool. So we have uh, this thing called Golden Rule. Pretty, like, everybody has their Golden Rule, right? Your life mantra, your motto. Uh, anything that you've either developed for yourself, something that you've heard from somebody else who was wise and amazing, uh, something that you apply to your own life, what would your golden rule be? My golden rule, uh, it's enough to just be one statement or whatever you want. Um, I, I write this a lot in all my posts. It's uh, give love, receive love, be love. Uh, I think the receive love has been hard for me my whole life. I'm more comfortable the other direction, but I feel like all of us 
um, need to be a part of both in order to be love. And that's, I think, because if we cultivate that within, we have more capacity to serve others. So um, I've learned that from my greatest friends, you know what I mean, that both is important. So yeah, give love, receive love, and with that, be love. Wow. <laughs> Yoda moment. Yoda moments. I love these Yoda moments. We just listen and you get chills. Here's like, oh, you learn from each other. I have a question, actually. Yeah, uh, like we all know you as like the um, the photo catalog of the Kinjas and, and yes. all. historian, historian, yeah, yes. historian, yes. historian. Uh, yeah. How many gigs of photos do you have? Not just on your phone, but in your archive. I have a lot. um, Because I've been a photo collector since I was in high school. Uh, Wow. So what's interesting is actually just in this moment right now, I realized uh, the minute I started believing in myself, I wanted to capture all those memories because I'm just so grateful for people who made that transformation possible. And so when I take pictures, it's because in this moment, I'm just really grateful for this shared moment and I don't want to forget it, you know, because when you look at a picture, um, it brings back the feeling in that moment, you know, and without that, you know, without those bookmarks, you can kind of blur through life, not remembering, you know? Um, So for me, and also people know that it's also um, my tools I use to honor people in my life and people always, and I dig around because I have so many birthday parties, <laughs> um, all of that. But it's because it's all um, fortified and stemmed from gratitude. You know, I'm just so freaking grateful because I was that kid that just, you know, probably if someone didn't believe in me or take me under their wing at some point, I probably would have been a depressed person. You know what I mean? Um, not ever believing in myself. And I think a lot of things would have been different, you know. Um, but that's because of that happened. Um I'm committed and super enthusiastic about capturing it and passing it forward. So I'll probably always have, I have catalogs. I had, when I was growing up, I had an album for every year, a physical album for every year. Uh, Now I, in my computer, I have um, files of pictures for every year. So I have one for Kinjas, I have one for family, one for friends. Uh, one for Kaba. So I have one. They're all, and they're all organized chronologically in my computer. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we were like, how do you get those pictures? Like, because they're cataloged. <laughs> they're, they're in my catalog in my phone. They're cataloged in my computer. Whoa. I am the historian. You also have a great collection of dance DVDs. I've seen it. It's a huge box. And it made me so jealous because I used to like borrow those from friends and rip them and yeah. then I would bring them for friends and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. But you had originals and I do. that was wild to me. I want to digitize them. So um, right. anyone who's into that, let's let's work on that. Ooh, and then make a collection and then put your name on it. It's like Yoda's dance. <laughs> <laughs> Yoda's dance. Those, they're golden. <laughs> you know, I look back and that's what's so funny. Like that's been a unique experience too. It's like, both through video and live to see the birth of all these dance teams one by one and then see where they are now. It's a, it's a pretty crazy feeling, especially like when, like, you know, when the company, you know, celebrates, wait, what year is the company now? It's great. Good question. It's probably oh, fifth, fifth, 15. Oh yeah. So, okay, yeah. cool. It's the same as GRV uh, yeah. then. Right? Or wait, or, what year is it now? Oh wait. 2018. Because I know they I have it in my timeline. <laughs> I'll figure it out. But like, um, whenever like a, whenever a team celebrates, like Cookie celebrated theirs in GRV, it's like um, I'm immediately go back to when I first saw them. Because and that's been a unique um, 
unique lens to be yeah. able to see the birth of all these and now the evolution and then now they're seeing the birth of their kids create things so yeah. it's exciting it's wild that's sweet well um anything you want to plug anything you want to anything you're working on social media project yeah how do we find you? you all that um, well, I'm committed to um, teaching Roots Before Branches and leadership tools for the dance leader. Those two specific workshops, I've been, I'm teaching that. Like I've been, I've been flying out actually to different communities teaching that. So if anyone wants that, you know, I'm I'm really passionate about bringing that, especially to younger communities who are kind of really like at the beginnings of their you know, development. Um, and they can just reach me at um, kinjas.com. I, I have my profile there of course um or my instagram it's just my instagram and my facebook is just plain it's just our now called mario no it's unique because that's why you can use it <laughs> right <laughs> so that's that's the best way to reach me or if by email just arnell at kinjas.com um but yeah in terms of like what i'm plugging i'm just um right now i'm really at that transition where um i'm brainstorming what's next but like um, i plan to have conversations you know with our brethren and birth some new things next yeah, year so <laughs> yeah but um outside of that definitely I'll, I'll continue teaching and i'll probably if you ever see me judging a dance event it's because um i'm there to i'm passionate about the comments on the judge sheets because it's like my it's coming to my end years of doing that but i'm just planning the last seeds i can to connect to these generations and also to work with the judges that i judge alongside to maybe plant seeds in them to be the future protectors of our community because we can't we can't protect or lead our community unless we're a part of it. And so for now, I think that's one of my roles in Kinjas because everyone's so busy, you know, all around the world. I'm still I'm the community representative, one of them. There are many, but I'm one of them. Uh, so I'll still be doing that for the next couple of years. But I'm phasing out, you know what I mean? and I'll be moving into just teaching and creating again. So that's where I'm headed next. Yoda has spoken, <laughs> and I'll I'll make sure I link everything in the show notes so just forward me that information otherwise i will meticulously go through the whole podcast and find everything meticulous okay oh can i say mention one last yes, thing yes absolutely the other thing i'm really passionate about is um i think it's really important for all of us to think about congruency and that's taking all like i mentioned that we're like the sum of many extraordinary parts at some point in your life you need to see how they fit together and you don't always have to bring them together but you need it's it's cool to look at the possibilities so one of the things i launched uh five years ago was my dance therapy program for kids with special needs um they're a population that are um often uh, people are afraid of um, so a lot of these kids are rejected from studios and some of it's legit because they don't have the staff or experience to to really meet their needs but i think that we have to do something about it and so the cool thing is a lot of dancer friends have found occupational therapy as their path and i'm i have a running list of all those people that have written letters of rex yeah, for yeah. or who have shadowed me because um, I want them to be the future of this next movement of doing dance therapy and providing classes for these populations communities. That's where I want to also see the Kinjas grow. Like that's, I have some ideas, you know, like of um, meeting the needs needs of not only kids uh, and young adults, but older adults and and um, adults and kids with special needs because I think they love to dance and they deserve the opportunity to to grow and. and experience that and express themselves so that's also on the horizon in the future i don't know how that's going to present itself but 
I want to push that. You just spoke it into existence. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's Get in real. touch with me if you want to do it, you know? Hey. <laughs> awesome. Well, Arnell, thank you so, so much for coming by and hopping in this with us. Uh, like you said, with connectivity, this is literally exactly that. We're just trying to connect with okay. our audience um, and the podcast audience because not everybody uh, watches YouTube. Some people are just on podcasts. And um, I just have to say, man, you're definitely – somebody that I admire greatly and with what you've put into um, our community and, and like really loving it. And I think it really shows um, you wouldn't be here still if you didn't love it, you know, and for what you bring to Kinja's and for like, you have such a vision that goes uh, beyond in the future and, and looking at what's current and also bringing what you know from your past and the wisdom that you bring to all of what we do is so valuable, man. So thank you for just dropping a little glimpse of that here. Um, yeah. We'd love to have you back, man. I feel like there's just always more things to tap into <laughs> your well of knowledge. Yes, sir. Um, thank you, bro. Dude, thank you. And the feeling is mutual yeah. for all three of you. You know I love you guys hey. and respect you guys so much. So we sure. all inspire each other. Likewise, bro. Let's build it, my friend. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening, guys. If you're still tuning in, we're still growing this thing, fine-tuning it. We have video now, and uh, we're going to even keep making this thing better. We're trying to figure out how to make this work. we got some sort of a setup situation here. It looks a little Tell us if you, you like it or not. Leave us a comment in the yeah, uh, comments going. below. Uh, <laughs> also, subscribe to us on iTunes, so make sure to do that to uh, support us. Uh, and also, uh, yeah, just leave any feedback that you can, uh, whether it's good or bad. We'd love to read it all so we can get better at this. Also, check out Kinja's podcast with a K.com uh, for more info on the podcast. Whoa. Yeah, yeah buddy. Yeah, Whoa. buddy. Share it with your friends. Yeah, please That's do. How it That's how it works. Yeah. All right, you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Peace out. Kinja Bang. Kinja Bang. Peace. Shing, shing. Kinja Bang. Kinja Bang.